Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I'm sitting in a tour van. I'm sitting with a man who's been called Canadian Indie Music Royalty. I would love you to introduce yourself. My name is Bri Webb. Uh, I come from Guelph, Ontario, and we're sitting in a van that belongs to the incredible band Lady Hawk, who has lent their van for our tour uh, nicely nicely of them those are really sweet guys definitely so just so we can get it out of the way some people are going to know you from another band called the constantines could you explain who they are to someone who's never heard of them before sure uh the constantines started in 1999 um and in uh, southwestern ontario Uh, i grew up in london ontario we kind of converged in guelph in like the early 2000s and uh, we made four records we were around uh, active for for about 11 years and then took a four-year break and we just started playing again we just played some of our first shows in in four years a couple weeks ago so here we are in a second we're going to listen to some of your solo work the work you've done under the name Bri Webb but so people can have it a little bit in their head how about describe the type of music the Constantines made slash are making once again. Yeah, uh, the Constantines are kind of a you know a, a loud rock and roll band. We uh, we play um, with a lot of sort of energy and, and ecstasy and, and run around the stage a lot and break strings and um, sticks and and amps and things like that sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's you know we we listen to I think at the beginning a lot to like. The Clash and Talking Heads and stuff like that, um, and and so uh, that that informed who we were at the time. And then we toured with bands like Royal City and uh, Oneida and uh, I don't know, all sorts of amazing bands over the years. But uh, that all kind of, the, especially Royal City and Oneida, were were a big influence on us. And I think we ended up finding some spot in between those two bands as as our sound. Bri Webb, I'm kind of geeking out right now, but still, if you had to describe the Constantines in one sentence, what would that sentence be? Um, uh, um, oh man. Uh, I'll even start the sentence for you. Here we go. I'm Bri Webb. I was in a band called the Constantines. If I had to describe them to you in one sentence, I would say they sound like... Uh, loud, sensitive people. Awesome. Now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to listen to some of Bri Webb's solo work. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, someone's knocking at the van door. That was Rich. He's just going to get his sweater. So while Rich gets his sweater, let's listen to some tunes, finally. Okay. I would love it if you could pick the first song that we play. Sure. uh, Let's hear Prove Me Wrong uh, from the new record, Free Will. Uh, We just made a video for this song. uh, It was recorded at the Donkey Sanctuary of Canada, which is just outside of Guelph in a town called uh, Puslinch. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a neat, very peaceful place. And the video was made by uh, my friend Colin Medley. Uh, and an amazing cinematographer named Maya 
who just shot donkeys in slow motion, and essentially that's the whole video. back to the interview show this is scott wood your host you just heard prove me wrong by a man called bry webb it's off his second solo record free will that came out in 2014 bry i'd love it if you could talk a little bit about this track sure uh prove me wrong's kind of a uh 
a weird little uh, meta love song or something. It's just about how a love song doesn't really uh, get close to love in terms of an experience. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's what it's about. It's about desire and and want, that kind of stuff, the way that plays into interpersonal relationships over a long period of time. Okay, Bri Webb, you've just put out your record, Free Will. You've said that both your solo records, Provider, which came out in 2011, and Free Will, which came out in 2014, have been largely inspired by your son, Asa, who is now a toddler. I'd love it if you could talk a bit about that. Sure, yeah, my son, uh, Asa, is three and a half now. Um, right after he was born, I hadn't been making music for a long time, and uh, the, the first song I wrote uh, after you know three years or maybe a few years anyway of, of not making music was for him it was a little lullaby for him called asa which ended up being the first song on provider uh the first record i released under my own name when i say asa i sing asa let the shadows grow to the end of the road i will carry you and a lot of those songs uh, that came after that were songs for him. Just uh, it became a way of writing songs for me. A, a reason to kind of write things was to preserve ideas or little um, hints or, or pieces of information that I thought would be helpful to him in songs. So uh, I did that with Provider, and then he grew up, you know, a few years and, and became a toddler and started realizing his own. Uh, agency in the world. I've got to stop you here because I have two questions that are burning in my head. One, you took a break from music. So many people that I talk to are trying so hard to have a career in music. You got to a point where you had it, stopped making music. What was that like for you? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the Constantines were really active for for 11 years and we toured a lot. And uh, it was, um, it kind of just, took a lot out of me and a lot out of us and I, I think I, towards the end of that I felt like I wasn't entirely healthy and I knew I wanted to you know start a family with my partner Katie and um, I couldn't be touring you know as much as we were and so I just yeah I, I we we stopped and, and I just started looking at other ways of making money um, got a job in construction and demolition and construction in Montreal and did that for a while and I realized after the Constantine stopped that I didn't, I just, I had been playing with, with that band for so long and I had learned to play with those people. Um, we had a really specific kind of vocabulary as musicians that I didn't know very well how to uh, make music outside of that context. So, um, yeah, I was just sort of uh, frightened a little bit and and, uh, and had to take a step back and, and just yeah I started doing other things just to to kind of get my mind elsewhere and, and figure out some other stuff so the birth of your son was a catalyst to get you start making music again you said that the first record and the first few songs were like a documentary of stuff that you wanted to record to give to your son now that he's a little older have you thought of the moment when you're going to sit him down play him the record and what's going to happen no, I mean, well, I can't really imagine that happening. Like, I don't want to say, now's the time where you listen to what I made for you. You know, I think it'll just be, I hope that at some point he'll be interested enough to, to put on those records and, and 
you know, maybe if nothing else, maybe it's after I'm gone and, and uh, he has that stuff uh, as a document, as you said. So, but yeah, I mean, he also, like, I can't, I don't want to force him to, to listen to anything. You know, it's the kind of the best thing about the age he's at now is that he's, he's resisting so much of what we're trying to offer him and, and, and in terms of advice or like, you know, direction or whatever in, in the moment to moment of being a parent and a child. But um, anyway, so yeah, he, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't want to, I can't if ever imagine forcing him to listen to anything. I think it, if he comes to it at some point, that would be great. And we sing him like, you know, the I sing the lullaby Asa for him uh, every other night or something. You know, it's, it's a, a nice moment between us but right now it's just it's more the act of singing to him that he's he's interested in it's not necessarily the the information in the song you know well you know we'll have the the records around the house i feel like i do kind of justify buying albums like you know going to record stores on tour and stuff now is like building some kind of a legacy to my son you know like uh, i feel like that's my justification for buying albums is that someday I'll just hand over the entire record collection and, and he'll have some interesting things to hopefully discover if he's interested later on. Hey, this is Scott Wood in the studio, and I think that we need to hear the entire song that brought Bri Webb back to music. This is Asa off his debut solo record called Provider. Let the sun rise In the morning Let the shadows grow When the evening comes Let your errands wait Until tomorrow Carry on and play Let the day be long When I say Asa I sing Asa Let the shadows grow To the end of the road I will carry you Let the shadows grow 
to the end of the road. I will carry you home. Carry on and play at the end of the day. I will carry you Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Asa off the record provider, which is Bri Webb's debut solo record. Now, let's get back to my interview with Bri Webb. A lot of music seems to be powered by a couple of emotions, lust, sex, the need for material things. Music powered by a fatherly love is kind of a different thing. Yeah, it's a different relationship you know uh it's a different thing than than want as you said and desire and that stuff that goes into a lot of love songs and i think uh yeah it's a it's a more i think it's a more challenging kind of relationship it's something that you i I mean at least i I don't ever feel i could ever walk away from you know in any way um it's part of almost every moment of every day of my life now and and uh and that immersion is is really an incredible thing um to kind of wake up and know that it's there and to go to bed and know that it's it's there and and so i I couldn't help but write songs about it you know so you've lived life as a touring musician what's it like now that you're writing and creating on a dad's schedule with a full-time job how is it different um I think it's for me it's a lot healthier I like I I was I enjoyed and I feel very lucky to have been able to play as a musician um, like professionally for for some years and um, and it was amazing but uh, I also I kind of need to compartmentalize those things a little bit to put music in like you know this few hours um, a week or something like that and and have these other responsibilities it just helps me kind of organize myself and and really look forward to the moments i get to make music you know um this summer has been amazing because i took uh four months off of my day job and we've been touring a lot or more than i have in years um and uh i'm appreciating it i think more than i did towards the end of the constantines just because we were doing it so much that i you know maybe was taking it for granted or just seeing it as like something that I had to do to keep it sustaining itself. Can you take me through a sample day where you make time for music? Because I think a lot of people understand the concept of a touring band. They tour, they come home, maybe take a rest, then start making music and they do it full time for a couple of months, put out the record, go on tour again. You're doing it completely different. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I also, I, now it's really nice because I feel like I can take my sweet time because I'm not you know, on this kind of industry cycle of making music you know where it's you yeah like you said you you finish a tour and then try and start writing things and then make a record and then go on tour and it just keeps going like that but I I have this great relationship with um, Jeff McMurich and uh, uh, Alex Durlach who run E-Day Fix the record label that I'm on Um, it's a great small label with some of the most amazing people I know in the country making music but they're not ever you know pressuring me to do anything I don't want to do they're they when we made the first record they knew that I wasn't really inclined to tour very much at all I ended up doing more than I thought but but yeah that so that's it's a great I'm in a good situation right now but but for as for like a day-to-day kind of way of organizing that part of my life I just you know I, I work 35 hours a week um and uh I'm 
I spend when I, when I come home from work, I spend at least two or three hours with my son before bedtime, you know, uh, and same in the morning. And then hopefully if, if there's some energy left, you know, between 7.30 and midnight, then I'll try and um, find a quiet place to make music or to, to just try and write something down, you know. But I also always have kind of written in really fragmented ways. I don't, like, I don't often sit down and write down a set of lyrics or an entire song or something it's it's usually pieces that come together over a few months or something imagine it's a couple of years from now your son decides to google his dad if you could delete forever one thing about yourself online what would it be huh i don't know there's nothing really i feel like i i i like the idea that that he'll be able to call me on a lot of bs you know or like strange things that he doesn't understand will maybe come up but I feel like that's those are some of the best interactions um, you can have uh, you know with someone you care about and, and someone you're responsible for um, and it causes you to, to have to f- answer to your actions you know a little bit more so I mean I don't I can't think of anything I'm, I know there's lots of ridiculous stuff that I've done over the years and um, but I don't I don't feel like I, I'm a terribly irresponsible person overall, and I feel like I can answer st- to stuff if it comes up with him, you know? I feel like I have to do that, you know? It's just my responsibility to him. Sure, and I wasn't really asking for anything awful, but everybody has something, like, dumb they've said. Sure. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, there's... I'm trying to think of something, like, things that I've said on stage. Um... There was definitely, like, I remember a show in Boston where we were playing with Oakley Hall, and they had, um, like, small uh, tank tops, like, belly shirts as part of their merch, and I wore one of those on stage, and, and, like, that was a pretty, like, the images from that show, I would be happy if they weren't out there, uh, you know, you know. uh, That is a perfect moment, (laughs) and I thank you for it, Bri Webb. Now, I'm going to play the song Undertaker off your record provider. How would you like to prime the listening audience for that track? Uh, it's uh, my I, I wrote this song a while ago, but it was my grandmother when I was a bit younger told me out of the blue that she thought I had the be- uh, the perfect disposition to be an undertaker. And I think she was just trying to like help me find some kind of direction uh, towards, you know, a job. Uh, in my life but I uh, it was I'm gonna stop you there that is an odd direction for your grandmother to try to take you we're gonna listen to Undertaker by Bri Webb office record provider we'll be back in a second I love this town like Hunter is in this town I'm the undertaker I am known by everyone Whether dead or tired Or bone shaker Husband Why 
heartbreaker I am known by everyone I will be standing by show this is scott wood your host you just heard undertaker off the record provider by bry webb you might know him from a band called the constantines he's doing some solo work bry i'd love it if you could talk a little bit more about this track yeah um as i was saying my grandmother told me when i was a bit younger that she thought i had the the right disposition to be an undertaker and it was does this mean that you were killing animals and burying them in the backyard (laughs) No, uh, it was more, it was, it came from from a nice place. I mean, I think she was just saying that I, I had a sensitivity and a, a maybe a mellow um, uh, kind of gravity to, to my personality or something like that. So she was uh, thinking that, that that would suit that job particularly well. Um, and it was, it was kind of an endearing thing, but a kind of morbid thing as well to just say to someone especially someone kind of young out of the blue but I always thought it was a nice kind of funny moment between the two of us so that's when this song kind of came around I started writing it then 
Bri Webb, you've talked about the rigors of touring life, long tours. You said at one point you were getting to a bleak point, losing perspective on songs and shows. I'd love you to talk a little bit about that mindset and how you bring yourself back. Sure. I mean, I, I don't like to, like, put out the idea that, like, touring or being a touring musician is is a burden or, like, that it was really, like, a hard job in terms of what, like, in terms of relative to most jobs, you know? It was a, an amazing thing. And for the most part, it was, I you know, week to week, you know, more things came our way that, that we never would have expected and that were incredible opportunities and adventures that I... I love and I, and it was amazing but um yeah there was just some tours you know like uh there was a nine week tour that uh we were in europe for five weeks and and we had two nights off i think and bleak kind of winter like northern europe northern european weather and just not feeling warm for five weeks almost and and uh you know the shows weren't particularly well attended we weren't really big in a lot of the places that we were playing at all so it was just kind of a bleak tour and playing that much like you kind of lose you do sort of lose track of the songs or or the experience of of playing together it just sort of becomes this day-to-day repetitive blurry thing so that was that that time and there were a few moments like that for sure and as i said i think just because of the the amount of touring we were doing and and priorities also pulling us in, us in other directions um we just started or at least I started feeling less and less healthy the more we toured uh, in the last few years that we were we were doing a lot of work. So, yeah, we stopped. Um, I just stopped to, to try and focus on other things and figure out what else there was other than that lifestyle. So the way to bring yourself back is to stop? Yeah. I mean, to, to get perspective anyway, you know. Um, and that was the thing with the last four years not playing as the Constantines, everybody started doing amazing things. Steve Lamke's running You've Changed Records and putting out some of the most beautiful records, you know, I've heard in, in years. And um, and he uh, performs as Baby Eagle, uh, and that stuff's amazing. His songs are incredible. Uh, Dallas played in a band called, plays in a band called Deloro with Jennifer Castle and um, some of the members of, uh, of Highest Order and Fiverr and... Um, and uh, Will has been living on Haida Gwaii uh, and playing in the island's hottest cover band, I'm told, uh, but also toured with like Julie Duarte and playing with her and um, and lots of other people. And Doug now plays with City and Color, uh, you know, and is on arena tours like around the world. So everybody's, I think it's been good. It's uh, We all figured out that there was kind of life outside of the Constantines and now coming back together to play it's just been a joy um, because it's just about fun now you know all right so how about at this point we play a song by the constantines Bryweb, because you're the guest i'm gonna let you pick that song which one should i play and why um how about uh well it's a long song so i'm not sure if you'll if it will fit but if if you can do it time can be overcome seems like a, a fitting choice um just because of the subject matter. All right, we're going to listen to Time Can Be Overcome by the Constantines. Now, architect Now, archaeologist Now, man The 
somebody's made to face the changes Somebody's built to laugh What do you Understand Scott Wood. You're listening to The Interview Show. I'm talking to Bri Webb. He is doing solo work and also was in a band you might have heard of called The Constantines. We've just been listening to their song, Time Can Be Overcome. And I'd love it if you could talk 
a little bit about this track. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was one of the last songs I think the Constantines wrote together. Uh, and lyrically, it's just about... Um, it's a little bit of a uh, reflection on on how time can pass uh, when you're um, sort of doing this kind of ritualized uh, work, like playing music, uh, where you're you kind of return to these these spaces together. You you find yourself in Vancouver at a, a place you've played before, but two years later, and and it, it becomes this kind of way of returning to. Um, or, or of undoing time in a lot of ways, um, and now that we're playing together again, it it, it feels that way even more. Um, we it had been four years um, since we had last played, and we just started rehearsing at the end of May for some shows, and we ended up getting into our old rehearsal space in Toronto in Kensington Market, uh, below a records uh, a music store there, uh, and so as soon as we started playing together in that space with our amps set up in the same place as they were four or five years ago, it felt like, you know, a, a week had gone by or something. It was this funny feeling of, um, of time being, being overcome. So many bands that I talk to talk about the Constantines as this great Canadian band that should have been bigger. It seems like the Constantines are a band that all Canadian bands love and revere. What type of recognition matters to you at this point in your life? Well, I mean, I think that's the uh, that's one of the most amazing things. It's things that's come to us in the last few years um, is that people did care so much about the band, and uh, especially other people that that make music that we love. Um, and uh, yeah, that's been that's been a, an incredible boost. You know, um, it was part of the reason why we felt like we could come back again. Because um, I think that's that yeah that kind of connection to feel like people who are creative people uh, and people who are doing interesting thing, things themselves actually cared about our band is a is a real amazing thing. In your day job, you're a program director for a campus community radio station. Why is campus community radio so important? Um, you know, I think any independent source of media is incredibly important right now. Most of the the media that people receive on a day-to-day basis is manipulated by usually corporate influence. Um, and uh, it's, you know... I, Campus and community radio is is one of the most interesting uh, and sort of complex um, forms of alternative media that still exists right now. Uh, it's very accessible. Um, it's uh, it has a humanity to it that most other sort of professional media doesn't have because it's largely volunteer run, and it doesn't have that kind of this overhanging influence of, of you know corporate interests. Um, this you know yeah I, I like talking about that stuff I mean it's an incredible job because I do care about media literacy and and uh, critical listening to uh, to media criti- critical reception of media I did some research for this interview and while I was doing my research I saw that you used the word privilege in an interview about your music your quote was I'm trying to do more to acknowledge the ways I embody privilege and I've been trying to engage in the world to counteract it. Privilege is a very hot topic these days for people who don't know what that means. 
could you run us through it and then maybe talk about one way that you're trying to accomplish what you said in your quote sure yeah um i guess like in terms of uh like social justice work or uh, anti-oppressive work um the idea of privilege is is sort of acknowledging that there are there's a systemic um advantage uh given to people with certain traits or characteristics um you know typically straight white uh cisgendered uh, able-bodied men uh have more advantage more upward mobility in life uh because of systemic um because of systems of of uh oppression that like that um don't give advantages to to people other than those those folks so it's a it's a tricky thing it's a difficult thing to kind of start to work on because it it challenges one's ego um you know i think it you one wants to feel like one is responsible for one's own successes and and uh you know what one figures out in the world but if there's ever going to be a equalizing of of uh access to uh, resources and, and um, to a better way of life for everyone, those of us who have uh, more privilege than others need to acknowledge that privilege and try and do something to counteract it um, in in whatever work we do. Thank you very much for going through that. I feel kind of bad asking you to go through that. No, I mean, I, I appreciate it. I, I really think it's an amazing thing to get to talk about. I, especially getting to kind of talk about the, like acknowledging that it is a, a challenge to kind of start working on that stuff and and to try and ask ask why it is a challenge, um, but uh, yeah, I think and it, it, as as you can tell, I mean, I'm kind of stumbling over my words because it it's a complicated thing to to talk about as well um, to try and use uh, inclusive language and and to try and um, acknowledge all of the aspects of privilege in my life you know there's a lot to account for for sure Um, yeah Bri Webb thank you very much for taking some time out and being on my show before I end the show I'm going to pick up this random object in your tour van that I've been staring at the whole time what is this? that's baby bell cheese uh, the funny, the the funny and kind of frightening thing is, I think that that's been here. Like we borrowed this van, and that was in here when we got the van. So I don't know if you want to be eating that mini baby bell cheese, but um, just so people can understand, <laughs> it's a tiny yellow ball-shaped object in plastic wrapper. Have you never seen baby bell cheese before? No. So my son loves this stuff. Um, we don't give it to him that often, but it's uh, yeah. There's these little pieces of of white cheese inside a little casing in there. Um, so they're kind of fun for a kid to to unwrap. But it's just like kind of processed cheese. It's not not particularly healthy. But um, I don't know who bought that or why it's still in here. But it's probably no good anymore. But it may belong to Lady Hawk, so we probably won't remove it. We'll let them decide what to do with it after we return the van. It's their lucky cheese. <laughs> Maybe it is their lucky cheese and it stays in the van. At the end of the show, usually I let the guest pick the song, but you know what? I'm going to choose this song this time. The song is going to be AM Blues. That's off your latest record, Free Will. Bri Webb, I'd love you to talk a bit about it. Then I'm going to play that track. Sure, it's kind of a fitting song, uh, us being on tour and, and my family being back home. It's a song about... 
the way communication sometimes breaks down over a long distance and, and the complexity of trying to make connections with people over, over distance. Uh, yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> All right, we're going to listen to AM Blues off the record free will by Bry Webb. Bry, thank you so much for being on my show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Right on the cages. Paint the walls. Don't you name some strangers? When I call. a little peppier <laughs> sure i don't know how peppy i get but uh hi you're listening so let me try that again hi my name's bry webb you're listening to the interview show with scott wood <laughs> 